You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. You can visit us online at theriverdurant.com. We hope this podcast is a blessing to you and you can even bless someone else with it. Hopefully we're going to share some on some things this morning that's going to cause you to change the way you think. Uh, and that's what repent means. Repent means change the way you think. And uh, you can't think the same way that you used to think and expect to live in the promises of God. Do I need to say that again? You can't expect to live in the promises of God without changing the way you think. The first thing that has to happen in your life is to change your thinking process. You can't have old way of thinking in new covenant. That's one thing that's wrong with churchdom today is that we have a new covenant, but we have old covenant mentalities. We're new covenant believers, but we're still thinking like old covenant believers. And the old covenant does not mix with the new covenant. You can't have that mindset. That's why time and time again, the scripture says, repent, repent in your mind. Jesus told the Jews to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, why was he telling the Jews to repent, the most religious, spiritual, God-fearing people on the planet, his special people? He was telling them to repent because the way that they had been thinking all of their history was different than the way they needed to think about their future. That the way you were going to relate to God in the new covenant is different than you relate to God in the, the way God relates to you. I tell you what, it's just not how you relate to God, it's how God relates to you. I'm so thankful He doesn't relate to me the way He related to them in the Old Covenant. Amen? Amen? You know why? Because nowhere, here's the main thing, If if you don't understand this, the main reason why I'm glad that God relates to me differently than the way they, he related to the people of the Old Covenant. Not one time did he call the people of the Old Covenant son. And not one time did they call him father. It wasn't until Jesus, the first of many brethren, that we became a new creature in Christ that had never walked the planet before. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Moses, Gideon, and Elijah never called God father, and God never called them son. But we can call Him Father. That's why Paul said, Grace and peace to you from God are... To help us change our mindset, we don't want... I I don't want you to cry out to God. I want you to cry out to your Father. Amen. Perfect Scripture. The Scripture says that when you're born again, there's a spirit within you that's placed within you that cries out what? Abba. Abba, Father. Which means Daddy. I mean, it's relationship. Amen. It's relationship, people. It's Amen. about this. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Now, now th- this aisle represents many things. In, this, uh, in the past, this morning, it, it's going to represent the separation. Over here is going to be the old covenant. Over here is going to be the way God used to be, the way God... <laughs> well, that's why there's more people over there. You know what I'm saying? Wise man. See? This, excuse me, from this road this way is the old covenant. From over here that way is the new covenant. That way you stay seated, all right? So over here is going to represent the old covenant. This over here is going to represent the 
new covenant. And not only that, but this is going to represent, I'm going to make this real simple to understand because it's such a simple truth. Matter of fact, the scripture says, Paul was talking to the church in Corinth. He goes, man, I'm really concerned about you people in Corinth that you get deceived from the in your mind from the simplicity that is in Christ. See, it's in our mind that we get deceived. Amen. Okay? Now, over here, now this, this also represents the River Jordan. Everybody say Jordan. Jordan. So over here is the children of Israel before they crossed the River Jordan. You better move. Because this is called the provision land. No. Listen to what I said. Is this called the provision land? The promised land. Oh, you got to be sharp around here. I'll get you. Over here is called the what? The provision land. Did you ever look at that before? That's the promised land. This is the provision land. This is where God provided daily for their daily bread. This is where God provided the, the daily substance all based out of a, an unbelieving heart. Now we're going to go through this story to bring everybody up to understand the process that took place. The children of Israel were over here in bondage under the control of Pharaoh. And while they were under bondage in control of Pharaoh, God spoke to them and said, Listen, I've got a better way for you to live. I've got a land that flows with milk and honey. It's called the promised land, not provision land. It's called the promised land. And to get there, you're going to have to be set free. So I want you to take a lamb, sacrifice it, take the blood from the lamb, put it on the doorpost, and when the death angel passes over, you'll be saved from Pharaoh. That's a type and a shadow of our salvation. That's a type and a shadow of the Lamb of God being slain and us being saved to them that believe in what was done. Did the children of Israel have belief in what God said? Yes. They did what God said and it happened. They had faith to believe in what God said. And so they were led out by the desert uh, by the Spirit. How do we know that? Because the Scripture says that the Spirit led them by a cloud by day and a fire by night. So everywhere the cloud and the fire went, they were being led by the Spirit, a type and shadow being filled by the Spirit and being led by the Spirit. And did they follow the cloud? Did they follow the, the, the pillar of fire? Say they had faith in God? They, they responded. Their actions backed up what they believed. They believed that if God said this and they did it, it would just be just what He wanted. Right? right? And so what happened? So they come to the Red Sea. And there the water parted. And they had faith in God to go to the other side. They were told to go to the other side. If they, would just, they had faith that the water wouldn't fall on them as they went through because the word was to go to the other side. So they had faith in God's word that it would be just like He said when they went to the other side. And then they come to the River Jordan. Now some of you have already heard this. We're going to, we're, this is just preview or review. And so they come to the River Jordan 
And they send 12 spies. How many spies they send? 12. So they send 12 spies into the promised land, not provision land. Promised land. They sent 12 spies, and the 12 spies came back, and what did they say? The children of Israel said, well, what was it like? Matter of fact, God even told them to send spies into the land and spy it out. You know why? It wasn't to see if it was like God said, to show them it was like God said, because their report was, it's just like God said. A land that truly flows with milk and honey. Did they have to plant the vineyards that the grapes came from? Provision. Doesn't the Bible say that, tell us to to go out and buy bread with no money, to buy wine with no money, talking about this, a way of living that God wants us to live. Now, I am not coming against sowing and reaping. I believe that that principle is just like gravity. It's a part of our function, a part of our air that we breathe. It is what God intended this world. But don't limit your life to your planting. Because God said, there's a promised land for us to live in. That truly flows with milk and honey. That's a whole other way of thinking right there. See, most of us are living our life under the provision mindset of God. If we just follow the cloud, we'll be where we're supposed to be. You know what? There came a time when that cloud went away. Where, do they, where did that cloud lead them for the next 40 years? Where were they supposed to be? But now they're in provision land. Just doing what God said to do every day to get their provision. But not living in the promises. So they had faith in God here. Faith in God here. Faith in God here. But when they get to the river Jordan, they don't have faith in God. It was only a couple days in between crossing the Red Sea and the river Jordan. There's only one thing that happened in between the river Jordan and the Red Sea. It's called a big mountain. The big mountain's called Sinai. And the big mountain called Sinai is where Moses received the Ten Commandments and gave them to the people. And the Ten Commandments made them focus themselves on what was wrong with them instead of what was right with God. Because the moment they had the mindset of the law, they, as soon as they sent the spies into the land, instead of seeing the confirmation word or hearing the report of the word of God being true, they heard a different report. Whose report are you going to believe? See, they heard, it's just like God said but we are grasshoppers. See, they had now had a mindset because of the law. The law pointed out all their inadequacies. and all their, They started growing inward and they started seeing what was wrong with them. And so even though they... Listen, I'm going to fast, fast forward. When they finally came over here, they found out for 40 years plus the giants were already scared of the children of Israel coming over. They were already beat up in their mind. Can I say that? That's true. Now the children of Israel still had to show up. 
Y'all need to write that down. That just went right over your head. It just went right over your head, but I didn't let it go far. I grabbed it and brought it back. God's people just need to show up. Because the enemy knows it's defeated. But it won't do nothing about it until the church shows up. That's why in the book of Ephesians it says, book of Ephesians chapter 3, it says to, uh, that this grace was given that I preach amongst the Gentiles the mystery, the unsearchable riches, and to make all know what is the mystery that's been hidden from the ages that is in Christ. And for the church to make known to the principalities and powers the manifold wisdom of God. The church needs to step on over into promised land living. We need to show up. See, how many people are still believing for healing? Oh, that's okay. But listen, God didn't just provide healing. He promised health. He just didn't thank Somebody needs to get excited. He just, most of us are, daily bread, this is our mentality over here. I just wish my bills would be paid. Over here, you have everything that pertains to life and godliness. You got more than enough. You can be generous. You can live a life beyond your wildest dreams. Not in financial misuse of, uh, in fleshly desires, but in God's kingdom. He's your father over here. Over here, he's God. There's abundance. Over here, they just had enough. They just had enough. The prodigal son came back to be a servant. He didn't come back to be a son. Why? The scripture says he came back to be a servant because the servants have their daily bread. They have just enough for a day. And that's the only reason a servant does what he does is so he can get what he needs daily. I don't want to be a servant. I, this is suddenship. Yeah. Most Christians are still living and seeing God as their daily provider. But see, there was a mindset that had to change before they went into the promises of God. The Bible says real plainly, in the book of Hebrews and other places, that these walked in faith, never receiving the promise. promise. They were afar off. They lived in the provision. You've got a choice. You've got a choice to live in the provision of... Well, that's just enough for me. Whoa, I'm... (laughs) It may be just enough for you, but what about your family? The, the scripture says if you don't provide for your family, you're worse than an infidel. See, it's not about Abraham didn't do what he did for him. He did what he did for his children's 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 children. That's right. He had faith not for him. He had faith for his others. When the church begins to rise up and live for others and get past... Oh, woe with, yeah, woe with you. If that's your mindset, that's all you're going to get. If all you want is your daily bread, guess what you're going to get? You're going to get the hill. 
How's that? Well, you might be able to leave for, believe for one of the middle slices one day, but that hill, because that's the beginning and that's the end. That's good preaching. The hill is the beginning and the end. I want that in between. Oh, that's a good preacher right there. No, that, just, that just came to me, you know what I'm saying? That's good. <laughs> that is good. I like that. I think I'll give some more. No, just kidding. Just kidding. But see, we need to understand that there's a promised land living. Listen to the scripture. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. There's just so much I would love to share with you about this because this is real. If, if you can get this in your heart and in your mind that you're not going to live as they lived as they wandered in the desert. Why did they wander in the desert? Because God was doing something. What was He doing? He was getting rid of the stinking thinking. That's all He was doing. He was getting rid of the mindset that said they can't have what God said they could have, can't do what God said they could do, can't be who God said they already were. They were getting rid of that thinking that made them not believe in what God said. God said He has more than enough. Everything that pertains to life and Godness has already been given. So why are we still looking for just enough for today. Well, if I could just get past my bills for today. I've, I've shared this message, this type of message before, and I've heard people say, yeah, but pastor, for me, just get my daily... Listen, I, I don't... Listen, I don't want to spend my life talking to people about getting their daily bread met. I don't. My goal, my, my destiny is not to just motivate you to get through today so you can make it tomorrow. What a waste of life. I'm sorry, but we need to be about promised land living, living in the abundance, living in more than enough, being, be, having more food than what you need so you can be a blessing to others. I tell you, the very, we shared on this a couple of weeks ago about the spirit of lack. The Lord is my, I shall not lack. I shall not lack. You shouldn't have a spirit of lack about you. I need this. No, you don't. That's the very essence of every sin that we've ever committed was thinking that we don't have it enough. The very sin in the garden. You mean I can do something on the outside like eat of that to be better on the inside? No, I am enough. No matter what I do on the outside, I can't make myself more righteous and more loved by God. No matter what I do, yeah. can make me more loved and righteous by God. So no matter what I do, won't make me less loved or righteous by God. But oh, not in church. If you do certain things, you're just not loved by God no more. You can't be blessed. Listen, I'm not blessed because of what I do. I'm blessed because of what Jesus did. That's my faith is in Jesus. Not, my faith is not in me. Get over yourselves. You're, listen, if you make your spiritual world about you, goodbye. Goodbye. You're not going to make it. It won't work. You'll give up. 
You're suffer shipwreckness. You've got to trust Jesus and what he did. And it's not your, listen, listen the, other prod, the other son, the other prodigal son. What do you mean? Was there two prodigals? Yes! There's one that stayed home. And the Bible says, he said this, All these years I obeyed your commandments. But he didn't see himself as a son, did he? The, the, the father goes, all that I've ever had has always and ever will be yours. But he never received it. He never lived in it. Why? He was focused on the commandments. Show you what kind of brother he was. He said, this son of yours has returned. <laughs> he wasn't much of a brother. Look here in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. It says, therefore, having these promises, beloved... Wait a minute. Therefore, having this provision. Promises. Promises. Yes. Now, if I promised you something, this is, now this is what I want you to understand about promises. <laughs> this is what I want to share about promises. Is that if I make you a promise, okay, I promised, and not to pick on you, but you're here. I promised William I'd go golfing with him on Friday. Now, I can't call what I did golfing, but... I can't. <laughs> but, but once I showed up and went golfing with him, that promise was not a promise anymore. It was... Fulfillment. Reality. See, promised land living isn't over here waiting for God to show up. Promised land living is knowing He already has shown up. It's not waiting. It's receiving. Over here, they're looking forward to the promises. But Jesus even said this. He said, go into the wait a minute, upper room about right here. And wait. You know what the wait? We talked about this. You know what wait means? No, it's a, how do you spell wait? W-A-I-T. W, holy, completely, totally. A, anticipate. Holy anticipation of an impartation that will bring a transformation. That's what waiting is. Waiting is holy anticipating an impartation that will bring, go wait in the upper room. He's waiting for a... They're totally giving over. Anticipating. There's an excitement in the air. An impartation called grace. That'll bring a transformation. Not a change. A transformation. Something happens on the inside. And you know what they called it? He said, and wait for the promise of the Father. Notice it didn't say promise of God. He said, promise of the Father. So when Pentecost came, are we still waiting for Pentecost? Why? It's already happened. Why are we waiting for the Holy Spirit to show up when He already has, unless we're provision-orientated? Come and go, little at a time, just what we need to make it through the day from Sunday to Sunday. Promise. Watch this. Before 
this. Adam was in the garden. How many times did he pray and ask God what to call the animals? Well, God, I called this one hippo. Under your instructions, mighty Lord. I only want to do and say what I hear and see you doing. So, do I call this a giraffe or an ant? I'm waiting. Give me some kind of break. God gave him authority and gave him instructions to name them. Yes, Lord. And it was all good. Jesus, watch this. See, we have such a, we have such a, legalistic our minds are so law based when Jesus said that he only did what he saw and heard the father doing he didn't go from this ministry and go I'm going to pray okay I see my father healing this one and not that one so I'm only going to pray for this one isn't that the way we look at it sometimes well, he only did what he saw. Listen, you know what that really means? It says that he knew his father. And he, see, my children know me. And they, you can, how many people know your parents? And you can sit back at a funeral. You sit back and you, you, you think, oh yeah, that's the way he was. Oh, I can see my dad doing that. Because you know him. You have experienced him. See, in the book of First Peter, says, says all the... I hadn't read the Second Corinthians. I've got to get back to the Second Corinthians. But in the book of, of Peter, it says that, that all the precious promises have, have been given to us to show us His divine nature. It doesn't say all the precious provisions of God. Do you understand that? It doesn't say all of great and precious provision. It says great and precious Promises have been given. Why? So we could just have our daily bread? No, so we could experience the very nature of God. So when we experience the nature of God, we can know what our Father would do over here in this situation. I don't have to ask God if He wants someone to be healed. I know He wants somebody to be healed. You know, it's His nature. It's his, the way His kingdom works. Well, does God want me to give? Yes! Why? Because He is giver. Do I give here? Don't have your don't let this mindset rob you from a life of provision or promises. A life of provision is just enough issue by issue. Dot and tittle. Over here, it's a life for freedom because you're a son. Let me read what it says here in, 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 in in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, not condemned, not judged, this <laughs> is beloved. Amen. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. That's actually the word soul. It's meaning the same thing, soul there. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Upon your hearts, to us, open your hearts to us. We have wronged no one. This whole passage of scripture here is dealing with 
uh, something that Paul said in the very beginning in, in chapter 6, verse 11. It says, O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. So what was restricting the church in Corinth from receiving and living in what Paul was sharing? Remember, Paul didn't share the history. He shared the mystery. He didn't teach history. There's lots of churches that teach the history of the Jews. I don't want to say I don't care, but I care less about that than I do. I mean, I care more for the principles of the kingdom of heaven on this earth. Jesus said, seek ye first the mystery, not the history. Once you get a revelation of the mystery, the history comes alive. But it won't come alive without that revelation. It won't. So it says right here, it says, it says that, O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our hearts is wide open, verse 12. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections, your own way of thinking. God's not restricting you from the promises. He's wanting the church to show up because the enemy has already been beat up. Colossians says they've been disarmed, make an open spectacle. It says the devil has been defeated, but you got to show up, church. And showing up is meaning that you're arriving, the life you're living, you're living with the mindset of the kingdom of heaven that was at hand that is here. Don't wait for the kingdom of heaven. Don't be praying for the kingdom of heaven to be made manifest. It already has. You need to start living in it. You need to start being a part of it. Really realizing that you are not subject to who's president. You are not subject to the stock exchange. You may have some investments, but if those hopefully those investments were led that those were led, you were led by the Holy Spirit of all investments. Amen. All right, let's go on to some other ones. Look at uh, that scripture was in 2 Peter, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. What is the corruption of the world through lust? Lack. You will not lust after anything. Let me put it this way. The only thing you lust after is if you lack it. The lack comes before the lust. So the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lust. If he is your all in all, you're all sufficient. If he is your father, Jesus said, listen, there's a day that I'm not with you, and that day pray. Ask the God. He didn't say ask God. He didn't say ask God. He said ask the Father. Jesus was on... Jesus was at Calvary. He was hanging at Calvary. At the, and he said, My God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? And in the same breath, he said, Father, into the hands I commend my spirit. What's up with that? 
Because as long as you see God as God, you'll always feel forsaken and under the law. You'll always feel punished. God will always punish. A father will only discipline. Punishment is for the past. Discipline is for the future. God is your father. He's not punishing you. But a father will discipline his child for the future, not for the past, but for the future. How do you see God? See, over here, God provided. Over here, the Father promised. This is so cool. This is so life-changing. If you can get it. See, the, the church in Corinth, which were Gentiles, and that's us, restricted the Word of God by their affections in their own heart. What's re, what is, God's not restricting you from Himself. You're restricting you from God. The scripture says when your, heart con- when your heart condemns you, you know what happens when your heart condemns you? It'll condemn others. But if your heart can't condemn you, you won't condemn others. But the scripture says your heart is what condemns you. God doesn't. Then it says God is greater than your heart. And He knows all things. He knows that you're totally loved, fully pleasing, complete in Christ. And you've been given all the power of the resurrection available to you. All you've got to do is show up. All you've got to do is show up because the giants that are in the land have been scared of you ever since Calvary. Ever since the resurrection. Principies and powers have been scared. They've been beat up by Jesus. And he, they're just waiting. Listen. Kingdom of Heaven's just waiting for you to show up. But we got to get past that provision mindset. There's nothing wrong with the provision of God, but it's no comparison to the promises of the Father. That's a good statement. You need to write that down. If you're writing anything down, you need to write down, there's nothing wrong with the provisions of God but they compare nothing to the promises of the Father. Wow. Mm. I just don't want to be healed. I want to walk. I want my shadow. I want to overflow with health. I want my shadow to heal his knee. See, my shadow... I, I, just, I just want to have that much provision. I want to have that much abundance of health. That much. Yeah. Listen, I hope you get happy around me. You know why? Because I'm happy. Yeah. I, I, ha- I want to have such a joy and such a, ha- such a peace. Listen, I've got so much peace. L- l- let me show you something about peace. Uh, here's, here's a scripture for you. Oh, I, I hate notes. That's why I never use them. Romans 15, 13. Romans 15, 13. Oh, we got lots of time. It is warm in here, isn't it? Wow. Oh, you're just fine in the front. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope, what's he the God of? Hope. hope. Fill you with what? You'd think he'd say hope. 
I married her. That's why I'm so happy. But you would think the God of hope would fill you full of hope. But he didn't. Because hope is not the first thing you need. It doesn't matter what kind of preaching you hear. The Bible says here, May the God of that now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. See, over here was a world of doing. If they followed the cloud, it would be done. If they humbled themselves and prayed, he'd heal their land. If man did something, God responded. That's the way. Old covenant thinking is. Over here, God's already done it. It's already finished. The kingdom of heaven is what? Righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness comes by what? Believing what you hear. It comes by believing. Abraham was made righteous, accounted righteous because he heard and then believed what he heard. He didn't do something to be it. He believed it because he heard it. That's what it says. So what do we have here in the same verse? It says this, Now may the God of hope fill you with all what? Joy and peace and believing. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So if you want hope, you need to hear messages on joy and peace. You need to get the word of joy and peace in your heart and the, Holy, the power of the Holy Spirit that's called after Pentecost. This over here, the king. You need to hear messages about the kingdom of heaven because I tell you what, you hear about what God has to, this, this life that you're to live over here, it will produce joy, it'll produce peace. You'll have hope and you'll have the power of the Holy Ghost working through you everywhere you go and even work. Even when you go to the store, it'll go, it just won't happen at church. It'll happen everywhere you go because you're carrying the manifest presence of God. Just like over here there was an Ark of the Covenant that carried the manifest presence of God over here, you are the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the New Covenant. You carry the manifest presence of God. You are the kingdom of heaven on this earth. You are the Jesus people need to see. You don't need to look any different. You don't need to you just need to be who you are. You just need to show up because the enemy has already been beat up. He's already been defeated. All you've got to do is show up. Let me read you another scripture. In Proverbs 26, 11, it says, As a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool repeats. Whoa, wait a minute. Did the pastor just call? No, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> but the scripture says in Proverbs, as a dog returns back to his vomit, so a fool returns back to the way he used to think. There are people that have been born again. Uh-oh. <laughs> you just caught that, didn't you? There are people that have been born again but haven't changed the way they think. They hear about this, uh, but they return back to this. 
Don't return. Don't return back to what your old mindset used to be. Don't be a fool. He Yep, I did. I didn't say you guys were. I'm just saying people in other churches. Because we, we press on. Paul said it this way. Paul said that we are not of those who draw back to destruction, but press on to the saving of our soul, which is your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, and your will. Hebrews 10, 39. Right before Hebrews 11, the faith chapter. It says, because this kind of thinking, we don't draw back to destruction. That's what, what was the ultimate goal of God's provision for His people here? Say destruction. The ultimate goal here was destruction. He wanted to destroy the thinking because that was keeping them out of the promises. Paul said, we are not of those who draw back to destruction, go back under the law, but press on to the saving of our soul. Because these people are fools that have heard this, but would rather live in this. Man, I'm glad there's no stones on the floor. Maybe a stone in the preacher this morning. Hallelujah. Romans 9, 8. We'll close with this. And what's that mean? Nothing. All right. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Children of promise. That was not a promise, by the way, that we close after this. But anyway, probably will. Wow. Verse 6. Chapter 9, verse 6 in the book of Romans. But it is not that the word of God has taken no effect. For they are not all Israel who are of Israel. Nor are they all children because they are the seed of Abraham. But in Isaac your seed shall be called. Verse 8, that is, those who are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of promise are counted as the seed. Notice, it was the seed of, it was called the promise, the seed of promise, not the seed of provision. Now you're saying, Pastor, you're making a big deal of the difference between promises and provision. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a whole kingdom that separates the two. There is a mindset that's saying right here, don't think that just because you're Israel, you're of Israel. Don't, don't think just because you're... No. God's way is by believing. Righteousness comes by believing, not by doing. The promise is, actually the scripture says the work of God is to believe. But what I want you to know, it was the seed of the promise. The pro it's, it's always about the promise. The promise says that we are the ones that the promises have come upon. Now that they've come upon us, they're no longer promises. They are reality. 
We have health and so we live in it. The principles of seed time and harvest are fluent, but we're not limited to seed time and harvest. But it is still there. The wealth of the wicked is stored up for the? The scripture says that some will reap where they didn't. What does that mean? Think about it. That means there's a group of people. I'm going to get excited. There's a group of people over here that are going to reap where other Christians have sown and didn't reap. That means there's a whole lot of people in the body of Christ that are sowing because of this mindset. But they're not reaping. They've sown and lost faith. They've sown and... I can't receive because I did something wrong. What happened to all these seeds? What's happened to all the sowing that's taken place? We did it. Yes! If we have the mindset... If, if we have the mindset that we can walk in God's provision, uh, promises, not His provision. Amen. He's provided His promises, but once His promises are here, they're not promises, it's reality. There's a land that flows with milk and honey. There's grapes this big that they didn't plant. Who planted those? Who established the milk? Who tended? How many times did they get bit by the bees when they're growing the honey and the Jewish people walked in and just took it? Because they finally showed up. There is the reality of the promises that we're to live in if we just show up. Church. I didn't say show up to church. Show up in the kingdom. Just show up in the kingdom. I'm going to go up to Donald Trump tomorrow. Give me what's mine. Just show up. Amen. The first battle that they went to. There are so many cool things in here. You know why they were in the desert changing the way they thought for 40 days? I mean, for 40 years? Because God said for every day that your spies were in the land, spying out the land. You'll be in the desert every, a year for every day. How many days did Jesus come back teaching the principles of the kingdom of heaven on this earth? You think it's by accident that 40 represents the 40, how long it took to get the old mindset out? And 40... To get the new mindset in. Jesus didn't come back teaching Calvaries. I'm sorry. He didn't teach Passover. He didn't teach led by the Spirit. He didn't teach baptism. He taught promised land living. I'm not saying say, you've got to have salvation. You've got to have being filled with the Spirit. You've got to have baptism but that is only because of this that's not the end this is the reality most churches think that's the reality salvation is not the reality going to heaven someday is not God's best for you that's just a 
That's just a... God wants you to live the life I now live. They give you, I, the faith says, I came to bring you life and life more abundant, not life and just enough. Abundant living. Change the way you think so you can be effective and help other people out of the muck and mire. It doesn't mean everything's going to go good for you. It just means the storms on the outside will never get on the inside. And I tell you what, when, this, when it's stormy outside and you're not stormy inside, people are going to go, you've got peace and joy and hope for the future. That sounds like the kingdom of heaven. Everybody stand up. Father, we thank you that you are the great teacher. Holy Spirit, you came to teach us, to open the eyes of our understanding. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're taking the information we've accumulated over the years and you're converting that information into revelation. And instead of causing change, you're causing transformation. You're causing us to be empowered on the inside so we can be effective on the outside. Father, I thank you that we have a land of promises. Father, may we find it pleasurable. May we find it pleasurable to live in your abundance. Church, what you need to understand real quickly is that the word, the phrase, Garden of Eden. The word Eden means land of pleasure. The word garden means a protected place. So, uh, when you put them together, you have a land called Eden and a garden within it that's a protected place within the land of pleasure. That's where he put man. That's where he put man. And because of law, man was separated and taken out of the land of pleasure, the protected place of pleasure, into a land of work. Jesus is known as the second Adam. And because of him, we're placed in a land. The Bible says when you're born again, you're translated into the kingdom of heaven. You're translated, church. You're already in it. But you're not restricted by the devil or by God or by my preaching. You're restricted by the the affections of the past. The children of Israel wanted to go back to the leeks and the garlics that they had in bondage. The warfare they experienced was in their mind. And what's keeping you from experiencing the reality of God's promises is this way of thinking. It's just got to change because I don't want you to be a fool. I don't want you to return to your vomit. Wow. Let's go on. Holy Spirit, you are the great teacher. I thank you that you're going with us, that you have empowered us. You've endued us with authority and power and strength, that we are totally loved, fully pleasing and complete in Christ with all the power 
of the resurrection available to us. May we repent in our mind to the truth. May we seek ye first the kingdom in all of its righteousness. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Just repeat after me. Thank you, Father, for your promises made reality in me. Man, I can't help but think about that. Look up here real quickly. The scripture says that there's going to be a group of people one day that are just going to be thankful. And the Bible says when that group of people's just thankful, He won't cause them to be small. Thankfulness will cause you to be large. Because God will be large through you. Be thankful today. Be thankful to each other. Be thankful for this church. Be thankful for this family, this body. Start thanking God for all the worshipers that's going to feel. See, we're speaking those things that are not as though they are. I see it done. I see a river. I see that river. That's why that's up there. That river just cascading right off the platform. Out, that, out those two doors, down the streets, going north and south until it's 70, then it's going to go east and west. River. Spirit of God. Why do you think we're called the river? Holy Ghost, go with us as we leave this place in strength and power in a new mindset of the kingdom. All God's people said, amen and amen.